0: Meta has spent upwards of $50 billion developing the metaverse. But will it pay off? Go inside the company in a new three-part series. From Facebook to Meta, Zuckerberg's Big Bet, in the tech news briefing feed from The Wall Street Journal.
1: the U.S. Supreme Court appears skeptical of President Biden's student debt forgiveness plan. And the U.S. government places some new limits on funding for chip production. This is
2: going to be a very interesting test of the government's ability to beef up an industry that they would like to really bolster
1: for the goal of national security. Plus, Sotheby's is courting buyers for sneakers worn by Michael Jordan. It's Tuesday, February 28th. I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli for The Wall Street Journal. This is the PM edition of What's News, the top headlines and business stories that moved the world today. U.S. Supreme Court began hearing arguments today on President Biden's plan to cancel about $400 billion in federal student debt. Our D.C. reporter Daniela Cheslow was at the court this morning where demonstrators demanded debt cancellation.
0: About 200 people rallied outside the Supreme Court to demand debt relief, including 21-year-old political science student Cinnamon Hudson. She traveled to D.C. from North Carolina.
2: My mom's a single parent. She has three kids as well, including me. So it's like taking out loans is kind of like taking out of their mouths.
0: The court heard challenges from six states with Republican attorneys general and a group representing two individual borrowers. Several justices questioned if the Biden administration had the power to enact such a plan. Chief Justice John Roberts asked whether student loan forgiveness was fair for people who don't go to college, like someone who gets a loan for starting a lawn care business. Uh,
1: Nobody's telling the uh, person who is trying to set up the lawn service business that he
2: doesn't have to pay his loan. He still does, uh, even though uh, his tax dollars are going to support the forgiveness of the loan uh, for the the college graduate, who's now going to make a lot more than him uh, over the course of his lifetime.
0: Government lawyer Elizabeth Preleger said Congress had provided a big program in reaction to the COVID-19 pandemic, which she said was, quote, a really big problem. The White House is extending a pandemic-era pause on student loan payments until the decision, which is expected in June. For The Wall Street Journal, I'm Daniela Cheslow in Washington.
1: FTX co-founder and former director of engineering Nishad Singh has pleaded guilty to fraud charges and agreed to cooperate against his former boss, Sam Bankman-Fried. Singh said he learned in mid-2022 that Bankman-Fried's crypto investment firm, Alameda Research, was borrowing FTX customer funds, and that by September, Alameda was no longer able to repay the billions of dollars it had taken. A spokesman for Bankman-Fried declined to comment. Wall Street Journal Courts reporter Corinne Ramey explains how Singh's plea could impact Bankman-Fried's trial.
0: Singh is the third person in Sam Bankman-Fried's close circle to plead guilty to criminal charges related to the implosion of FTX. Bankman-Fried's trial is scheduled for October, and one condition of Singh's plea agreement is that he could be called upon to testify at that trial. Having three people who could potentially testify against Bankman Freed certainly helps prosecutors and it strengthens their case. It also gives three accounts for the jury to weigh and would contrast that of Bankman Freed's defense attorneys. So it's almost certainly helpful for federal prosecutors at trial and could also assist them in what they say is a continuing investigation.
1: Singh's guilty plea
0: comes after similar admissions from
1: Alameda's former chief executive Caroline Ellison and Gary Wang, FTX's former chief technology officer. Both are cooperating with prosecutors. Goldman Sachs says it is considering shrinking its consumer business. CEO David Solomon said the bank is looking at, quote, strategic alternatives. The consumer business unit includes specialty lender Green Sky and credit card partnerships with Apple and General Motors. Solomon's comments came at Goldman's second-ever Investor Day. The consumer business does not include Marcus, which is Goldman Sachs's consumer bank. Growth in home prices slowed in 2022. The Case-Shiller Index, which measures home prices across the country, rose 5.8 percent in the year ended in December. The increase was the lowest December-to-December December change since 2019. As for existing home sales last year, those dropped 17.8 percent to the lowest level since 2014, as the surge in mortgage rates stopped a pandemic-driven housing boom. Many economists expect prices to continue to slide from their spring 2022 peaks, with some calling for years year year-over-year price declines later this year. And we exclusively report that the Biden administration is considering stopping U.S. suppliers from selling and exporting technology to the Chinese telecom company Huawei as part of a broader tightening of technology trade over national security concerns. According to people familiar with the matter, the Commerce Department is considering revoking the special export licenses to U.S. exporters selling chips to Huawei. Alan Estevez, the Commerce Department's Undersecretary for Industry and Security, told lawmakers that those licensing rules established under the Trump administration are among the policies under review, and that the Biden administration is also considering additional export controls. Huawei did not immediately respond to requests for comment. The company has said its products aren't a national security risk. Coming up, the U.S. Commerce Department set new restrictions on funding for chips production. Will they limit U.S. investment? More after the break.
0: Meta has spent upwards of $50 billion developing the metaverse. But will it pay off for the company, its investors, and for CEO Mark
3: Zuckerberg? Over time, I hope that we are seen as a metaverse company. And I want to anchor our work and our identity on what we are building towards.
0: Meta's trillion-dollar business and how we use the internet could hang in the balance. Go inside the company in a new three-part series. From Facebook to Meta, Zuckerberg's big bet. In the Tech News Briefing feed from The Wall Street Journal.
1: The U.S. has unveiled a tough set of restrictions on its $53 billion Chips Act, designed to incentivize domestic investment and production in the semiconductor industry. The act was signed last year after global chip shortages during the pandemic hobbled the industry and amid rising competition from China. Today, ahead of the planned rollout of the application process for the CHIPS Act, the Commerce Department placed some limits on the funding. Joining me now to talk more about those limits is reporter Yuka Hayashi, who covers trade and international economy. Hi, Yuka. Thanks for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me. So, Yuka, can you start by talking us through some of these new restrictions? So, in exchange for companies
2: receiving billions of dollars in incentives to build manufacturing facilities, the government is imposing a series of uh, requirements on these companies. And they include big things like the requirement to uh, refrain from expanding operations in China for the next decade, and also limit on stock buybacks and paying dividends using funds from the program. Then there are Uh, is a series of conditions related to the use of labor force, including the requirement to use union workers. Also, uh, the government is asking companies to provide affordable daycare for the construction workers and uh, plant workers as well. What is the government's goal in imposing these limitations? One is to protect the government's national security goals. This uh, program's main aim is to maintain U.S.'s leadership in the uh, competition against China. Another one is to make sure that the uh, taxpayers' money is spent wisely. So that's where, you know, they introduced comments like limits on stock buybacks.
1: Yuka, can you talk more about how the CHIPS Act affects national security? The program makes sure that the Pentagon and national
2: security officials have a guaranteed access to leading-edge chips that will be manufactured at the new facilities. And also the defense secretary and top Pentagon and national security officials will be consulted very closely during the implementation of this program. This is going to be a very interesting test of the government's ability to beef up an industry that they would like to really bolster. For the goal of national security, um, the U.S. has generally uh, refrained from this type of industrial policy in the past few decades. And that is outside of uh, the national security area, like defense and aerospace. They have spent a lot of money to prop
1: up that sector. Might imposing these restrictions have negative consequences and discourage some companies from seeking funding in the U.S.? That uh, we have to
2: see. Most of these conditions have been familiar to these companies because the Commerce Department has been in close contact with industry officials as they prepared this program. Also, the amount of incentives that some of these companies will be receiving will be very big, easily in billions of dollars. So, compared to the size of the reward, These conditions may not look that significant, but we will have to see.
1: Yuka, what impact has the CHIPS Act had so far in encouraging domestic investment and development of chip making here in the U.S.?
2: So the program has actually set off a boom in investments in this sector. According to an industry tally, there have been more than 40 new projects proposed with a total investment close to $200 billion. So one thing that's clear is there is a lot more interest in investing in this sector as a result of this program.
1: Yuka Hayashi covers trade and international economy for The Wall Street Journal. Yuka, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And finally, is Michael Jordan the basketball goat or is it LeBron James or someone else? Well, only one of them has game-time sneakers likely to set a record at a private sale. The six Nike Air Jordan sneakers were worn by Michael Jordan during the six NBA championship clinching games he won with the Chicago Bulls in the 1990s. Our men's fashion columnist Jacob Gallagher says the sale represents a few notable trends in how auction houses are changing their wares.
3: Sotheby's is an example of how auction houses are getting into this market for Sneakers for streetwear for items that would appeal to, let's say, a younger consumer in a lot of ways, more interested in a pair of dunks than a dolly sketch. I spoke with, you know, their head of sneakers and collectibles. They have a whole team dedicated to this. They've done a lot of sneaker auctions in the past. This is kind of a a bridging of the gap of that old school memorabilia, Michael Jordan stuff, as well as sneakers.
1: The shoes will be displayed at Sotheby's Auction House in Dubai until Friday. But given that their sale is private, we may never know who buys them or for how much. And as for that LeBron versus Michael debate, for now, it seems the market has spoken.
3: Someone like LeBron James, who's still playing and who is a titan of basketball, his sneakers, stuff he's worn, it doesn't fetch the high prices that Jordan stuff does. Jordan is in a class of his own with how much people are willing to pay for his stuff. Anything he touches, anything he's worn, anything he's signed, it's going to go for a ton of money.
1: And that's what's news for this Tuesday afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow morning. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us. I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli for The Wall Street Journal.